This is Rodney's Reports presenting No Timeouts. I'm your host, Rodney. Uh, it's been a little while. Went on a little hiatus. Uh, I think this is episode five, maybe six. I'm not even sure. You you know in the description. Um, but I'm going to call my man's Tramel. We're just going to talk about a couple things. Uh, NBA playoffs, NBA offseason, really NBA. This might be the last NBA stuff we talk about for a little while. Sadly, the season is over with. Um, so, yeah, let's just get right into it. Yo. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you good. You can hear me good? Yeah, you're good. All right. What's up? All right. Uh, live from the Washington Post. How you feeling? Feeling excellent, man. Every day is just a blessing to be here. Like, I feel like I'm Will Smith in Pursuit of Happiness, man. <laughs> so what's better, leaving Missouri or joining the Washington Post? Uh, I mean, I got, I got all love for, Washington, I mean, for Missouri, so I'm going to say joining the Washington Post. Man. I, I never had a problem like with most people like Missouri. I like, I like Missouri a lot, so it was cool. Yeah, but even though you didn't mind Mizzou even after you were a student? Not really. Because, I mean, like, I wasn't going out, so it wasn't weird for me to, like, you know what I'm saying, being old, like, because I wasn't going out and stuff like that. It was just, like, a normal day for me. It was cool. That's true. I mean, and you did, you did get to cover a lot of Mizzou sports and stuff, which is which helped, obviously. Exactly. Like, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was just chilling around there, like, all year for no reason. Like, that was kind of had a purpose. That was cool. That's true. And, you know, there are a lot of people uh, chilling around Columbia for no reason, so. What's that one dude? Was it Nick? Nick? Uh, what's his name? Yeah, the rapper dude. No, well, I thought you was like the Columbia expert. I thought that, I thought that was your man's. <laughs> Trying to help people flourish. <laughs> Damn. So, thoughts on this NBA Finals? What, happened, what was supposed to happen happened. I mean, the Cavaliers weren't good enough. I thought that LeBron uh, could have did a little bit. I feel like he could have um, did some things differently to make it more competitive. But at the end of the day, I mean, it was supposed to be a sweep, and that's what it was. So I think we got what we should have gotten. I, mean, I don't know if you can really say anything more. You know, I mean, they probably should have won game one. Um, but other than that, every game they lost, they lost because they should have lost. So Yeah. How do, you, how do you read into or even feel about LeBron – having the hurt hand after game one, like basically pulling like an Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> I think it's convenient for sure. Uh, like it's you, oh, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Are you saying he's lying? I'm not going to say he's lying, but I think because he's never given us any reason to question his toughness or his, you know, thing like that. He's never made excuses like that before, so it's lying, but I think it's definitely interesting that he decides to release it then. Uh, but he, he'd been balling out, though, throughout the final, so it's not like it was bothering him that much. I mean, he was still playing really well, so... I don't know if there's any reason to believe that it was broken like he said it was, but I'm not going to say he's lying because I don't know. But, I mean, I think it's definitely convenient and interesting that he decided to start wearing the cast in public and all that stuff afterwards. Cause I don't think the Warriors would have, like, what do you do? You start slapping his hand maybe because you know it's broken? Or I mean, do you think Draymond wouldn't? <laughs> not not particularly. I feel like there's a, that respect there that like, we wouldn't do something like that with LeBron. But I guess it, it could have been a factor. I mean, or they just, I mean, just force him to finish with his right hand? That's I mean, he was doing that. He was doing that anyways, though. So like, I mean, but like he was missing a lot of layups. Like, <laughs> like once you hit game three and game four, like you were like, like randomly he wasn't like missing layups that usually he wouldn't miss. That's true. I, I didn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I definitely did notice the difference in his play in games three and four, but and I his, felt like it was more fatigue than uh, anything. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a mixture of factors. I mean, also his jumper wasn't the same after game one either. Yeah, game two he was kind of hitting threes still, but after that he didn't hit any threes. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, looking back, it kind it makes a little sense. I mean, a broken hand is a stretch because I mean, if you have a broken hand, like 
you're going to need to have a cast or something on it. So it probably wasn't broken, but it, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor. You probably had like a contusion or something, but I do believe it was injured. Like if you go back and look at it, I even seen like Twitter threads of him like, you know, breaking it down or whatever. And obviously it's all speculation, but I mean, it does make sense. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm looking at it right now. He was 107 from three, games three and four. So, like, it's definitely plausible. But, I mean, he was still shooting pretty well from the line. Like, he was playing pretty well. So, I'm not going to – I don't know if they can give him a pass for that. Like, I don't know, like, how much does that really affect what he can do? Like, is he not driving as much because his hand's broken? Like, I don't know how a broken hand affects the game. So, that's what I have to know, I guess, before I could really be like, oh, this is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, look, either way, like you said, the Warrior – what happened was supposed to happen happened. Like, I don't think the hand would have made a big difference. I do think – it would have, like, individually he would have played better, though. I mean, and you think if he plays better by himself in game three, they might have won that one. They, won, they lost by, like, eight points, but it was close, I mean, to the very end. So, I mean, maybe they get that win, but I don't know. I just think after game one, they had checked out kind of, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's understandable, but, like, after that, just J.R. Smith's blunder, I don't think they had anything. Whatever little chance they did have, because I thought six games, so I told you, like, the group chat, I was like, I thought six games, but after that, it was kind of, downhill from there like they just ha- didn't have any reason to fight anymore yeah i mean so if cleveland hypothetically wins game one you think it, it would have won six um, i honestly do believe that i think that they would have gotten game one and game four i think and they and then obviously with gold state probably handles their business outside of that but i think it definitely goes yeah i mean that's true um but at the end of the day i mean the series went how like you said how it was supposed to go i mean they won two games but or they could have won two games. The Cavs could have, but I guess it doesn't matter. But more importantly, I guess I guess more relevant now is LeBron going to free agency. I mean, wherever he goes, it's kind of kind of start the domino effect, you know, with the free agency and everything, and how you know all that. So, two question, two part question: one, where do you want LeBron to go? And two, where do you think LeBron is actually going to go? I want LeBron. To come home, man. Come to D.C. Come play for the Wizards, even though it's not his home. But he can come here while I'm here. Great. <laughs> I'm, it's not even because of, like, I work here. I just think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think, assuming, like, that the West is out, like, I'm assuming he doesn't want to go through Houston or Golden State or San Antonio. Outside of the Wizards, I think he's going to end up going, I mean, well, staying in Cleveland. But I think if I could have my wish, I want him to come to D.C. Yeah, I mean... I don't know how I don't know how that's gonna work with John Wall though. Yeah, I, I think that's the tough part is you have to see like you have two guys that are both alphas, whether they're they should be or not. Like I don't think John Wall is he should be an alpha, but his personality is alpha. Like he, they both want the ball, they both kind of need the ball. Like their game is kind of dictated on it, predicated by that. But I think I think they're just smart enough to figure it out. I think you can do like a sign and trade maybe with the Cavs where you send you know um, like a, if you were to say you had to get rid of. Uh, if you had to get rid of John Wall, you could maybe do Kevin Love and um, LeBron for Wall, Morris, and Gortat or something like that. But I think uh, LeBron's smart enough that he could make it work with John Wall. I think that that would be a perfect kind of what he needs, a one-two type thing, where he's a guy who can go get a bucket. He can take over a game if he has to, but he won't have to because he has LeBron there. And I think LeBron would benefit from being off-ball sometimes. I think he'd be able to do some different things like with pick-and-roll situations, just getting easier buckets where you'd have to bang and, you know, just – put his head down like at the three-point line and go to the bucket. Like I think it would make life easier for LeBron if he had a John Wall next to him. And then he's got Bradley Beal. He likes to be a spot-up shooter. That's his specialty. He loves to do that. But he can also, you know, make he has to keep you honest on defense. Like he can still go out and get a bucket. So I think this the, having that trio would be a crazy combination. And then it just gives the Eastern Conference, at least the top of the Eastern Conference, way more competitive as far as going against Boston, Toronto, um, and, and Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I'm assuming that there's no sign and trade just for the sake of this argument. So then with how the Wizards money is set up between Porter, Beal, and Wall, one of them is going to have to go if you have LeBron. And I think Beal's obvious choice to stay. I think he has the best contract out of those three. So then it comes down to Otto Porter or John Wall. And obviously John Wall is better. But if you have LeBron and LeBron can essentially just be a 6'8", 100% better version of John Wall in every way, basically running point guard, then you would keep Otto Porter and just, I mean, like, if you have LeBron with Porter and Beal as your spot-up guys, 
Like you're you're doing something. And and Kelly Oubre, all four of them. You know you know how people play small with the you know just a bunch of wings that just switch everything. Like that's the lineup you would want. Uh, I I'm not so sure about that, man. Like I think I think Otto having Otto Porter and Bradley Beal is redundant, to be honest. Like they kind of are the same kind of guy. I mean, I know that Bradley Beal has a little bit more in his in his arsenal. Like he can go get a bucket sometimes, but like they're kind of both the same spot up kind of dudes. Like. I don't think that really having both of those players, especially a starting role, would really be beneficial to that team. I think I'd rather have John Wall, if possible, as far as like a fit-wise. And obviously, from a talent standpoint, you want John Wall. But I think Otto Porter it doesn't really do much for me as far as helping them get to the next level. Like I don't think if you put him on that team, you take out John Wall and put in LeBron, like they're that. Like they're obviously a lot better, but I don't think he's any closer to getting a ring. I mean, yeah, I just, I mean, I see what you're saying because I mean, at the end of the day. You want the most talent possible, and John Wall is more talented than Otto Porter. Like that's pretty obvious. I just don't. I just. I just don't. I think you just have more faith in John Wall. Like if John Wall could shoot, this wouldn't be an issue. That's true, and I think like he just regressed this year. I thought his shooting wasn't terrible, and it was it twenty sixteen seventeen? Like it showed signs of being like capable. Like he would he could hit enough shots. Like you had to respect it. But like last year, he just like I don't know what it was. Like because over the summer he was all like training hard to my wolf season, and then he came out like a little pup, bro. Like, <laughs> garbage couldn't hit any bucket like he was hurt all year like i don't know what went on off season like he was just commenting and liking all lala's pictures bro i don't know if he got distracted or what but <laughs> i think if he relocks in though like he's a he's a okay a capable shooter and that's all lebron really needs as far because he can drive so well you know what i'm saying it's so, like i just think dc makes so much sense as far as staying in the east being able to compete right now he didn't have to worry about are we gonna get draft picks like are these guys gonna develop it you don't need john wall and Bradley Beal to really get any better. Like they can stay like almost where they are right now, and he can go out and feel like he has a good chance to go get a championship. Yeah, see the the two things that the Wizards really have working against them, and I think LeBron has realized he needs these two things being in Cleveland is one a good owner, and the Wizards don't. I mean, they don't have the worst owner in the league or anything. It's not like he's James Dolan or Donald Sterling, but he clearly cares about the Capitals more. Clearly, and. But, but I think he's gonna shift his focus, though. I think that he, I think he does care about the Wizards a lot. It's just the Capitals are more successful and they have more fan support, so that's what kind of where he's really turning to and like kind of is more prevalent there. But you see him like he sits next to the bench, you know, by the Wizards. Like he's he's yelling at officials. Like he's there. He's definitely engaged in the team. It's just the Capitals have more success and the fans have kind of gravitated to them more. So he probably makes it. It makes it seem like he's more invested in them. But I think he's just as invested in the Wizards. I think it's just the GM thing. He's got a. He's got to decide, you know, are these personal ties more important than winning? That's what he's got to decide. Like, how long do you keep saying, let's respect the process, let's believe in the process before you say, eh, maybe the process needs to be adjusted or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and that's the big thing that I was going to hit on is the GM. Like, the, like the, Grunfeld just isn't a good GM. I mean, he, he drafted Wall, he drafted Beal. Granted, he could have had James Harden and said no um, when they off, OKC offered James Harden for Brad Beal. At draft night, and he said no. But even still, I mean, he got he made two good picks. Otto Porter's a decent pick. I don't know if he's great for where he got drafted at. But at the end of the day, you just I don't I don't think LeBron. I don't think I think you think I think you need everything. LeBron needs all the boxes checked, and I think the Wizards are just a little short, come up a little short. I I can agree with that. I mean, yeah, like what you're saying, like the GM thing. Like I, they don't really have any good draft picks other than like the the obvious picks. I mean, I don't really hold him for like the. Harden thing because like nobody really knew Harden was going to be what he is like right I mean I don't think any GM like even OKC they drafted him and they didn't see him being like this what he is now MVP probably this year like they, nobody saw him becoming what he's become but I think outside of the two picks that you have to make which is John Wall and Bradley Beal basically like they I mean Kelly Oubre is a I think he's a bust like I don't think he's very good yeah I think he's 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 all potential I mean he's not a bust yet I think he's still I mean he's only like 22 23 he can definitely get better but I mean not a bust but as far as like he's he, underwhelming to maybe yeah to be that guy like I don't think that's the case I mean you look at everyone that they've drafted like well they didn't they draft Jordan Crawford like yeah I mean look they signed Ian Jan Mahimi to like what what was that called? five years 80 million yeah and I mean granted like the series looked good but you just cannot you can't do it for based on like a playoff series like give him the whole yeah caboose, you, like, no yeah you that. can't no I mean he's your backup center no yeah. matter how and good he, he was he was still your backup he, and he's not even your backup now but I'm saying best yeah. case scenario you're paying that for a backup center right and like I think a biggest thing was like the Gortat and that deal like they were just 
they didn't plan for the future. They were like, we have so much money right now, let's just spend it. And I, I mean, this is like league-wide this happened, but like it hurts more because the Wizards are kind of like in that weird like purgatory like the Hawks right. were for a long time. Like, yeah. And when you make bad decisions like that, it just kills any chance you have. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. But, but to your point and to your credit, you have convinced me the Wizards should at least be on LeBron's radar. I mean, he they might be for all I know. I mean, Stephen A came out with that list of like seven teams that LeBron's going to meet with, and the Wizards were not on there. Um, so I mean, I don't know, but uh, but if his main focus is staying in the East, I mean, the Wizards are got to be you know top five, definitely top three if you're counting just East teams. Yeah, I, I can't imagine a better spot, really. Like, that would just be, like, he'd come in right away and be, because I don't think Ben Simmons, like, I don't, I, he would be terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on, at first I thought that was a great move, and, like, no, I'm, I'm out on LeBron to Philly. I, I just, think that'd be bad. You, you stunt his growth so much. Yeah. Like, as far as, because, like, he's for the next, whatever, two years, three years, like, Ben Simmons has to be a complimentary guy. He's just chilling, like, because he can't drive well enough, like, a John Wall or Kyrie where he can, like, really help LeBron, like, in that way. You know what I'm saying? He's, like, Gets layups and stuff, but it's not like he's like going to the bucket really, like with cool moves and stuff. Like he didn't have it really in his back yet. Right. Yeah. No, but, I mean that's true. I mean, but I'm sure they would make it work somehow. But I would think that the, the players that you have to get rid of to get LeBron are the players that you really need, like JJ Redick, like you know uh, Covington, like a good uh, forward to go with him that can play defense. Like you would lose all the pieces that you really need to like compete. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's true too. Um, I don't know how how we feel about LeBron to San Antonio. I've heard, you know, I've he looks pop. On, I've seen people talking about that on Twitter, and I, if they can get him there, like that, I mean, it makes sense. Like I think the he, Kawhi wants, to, would be he a, wants to play with Kawhi. Kawhi would be good at a two, I think. He'd oh yeah, be a better two. Like he'd be a better fit for two. Oh yeah. Like think about the. I mean, LeBron's not playing defense at this point in his career anymore. But like the things that they could do in those stretches where they need to get stopped, like last three, four minutes, like, that'd be a crazy lineup for like. <laughs> Yeah, I will say got, if if LeBron, up. yeah, if LeBron does come to San Antonio, then Aldridge is out of there, ASAP. Uh, they, they can't, yeah. you can't. Aldridge is not going to go from second team All NBA first option to third option. I think, I think he's just not that guy. Be, I think he'd be open to doing that. I don't know, he's not that guy. He he I, could I barely do it when win. it was just Kawhi. I think he wants to win, man. I think he wants to win. Nah, I don't think he wants to win bad enough. He could barely be the second option when Kawhi was there. I don't know, dude. But they, but they started figuring it out, though. Like, yeah, when I Kawhi think, wasn't there. Uh, dude, I think I, I'm telling you, I really do think that he would figure it out. Like, he would make it work. I think LeBron would make him feel good enough. I don't, I don't know if it would fit as far as like the scheme because I, I don't know, like how it would be so clogged up because you got Murray can't shoot, Aldridge can't really shoot threes like that, so he's got to be kind of like at least inside of the three-point line. Like, it's just LeBron can't shoot like that for real. Like, his game is best inside the three-point line. So, like, the spacing would not be great, but, like, I think they could figure it out, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I'm sure Pop, if, think, if LeBron gets Pop, there, Aldridge can take a step back and shoot some threes. Pop and LeBron can convince Aldridge that he's not he's not that guy anymore and that just a be content that you're about to get a ring type thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, Aldridge low-key is getting kind of up there. He's, like, 32, 33. So I'm saying like he, he didn't have to, like he's at that like mellow stage where like he's got to start chasing rings kind of thing. Like, he's got to realize like I'm not that guy. I gotta ride some ice coattails. Yeah, I mean that's true. I'm more more concerned with just Kawhi staying in San Antonio right now. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that's gonna go. I don't. I'm not sure that bringing LeBron would make him want to stay. Like I I don't think that he would. I don't get the impression that like I kind of sort of think he might be a little bit of a, like a. Not a diva, but just kind of like I want it to be my show type thing. I don't know if he would really want to play with LeBron. Eh. Or he wouldn't. He wouldn't necessarily be the best player necessarily. Like, well, I don't. I don't well, I don't know. I mean, they. I mean, yeah, LeBron would be the best player. I'm not saying that, but it would be pretty close. But you know, I mean, like maybe in the fans' heart, like it'd be kind of like in Golden State, like in the fans' heart, Steph's the best player, and like Steph is a great player. When he's on, he might be better than KD, but like on a nightly basis. KD's the guy. It'd be kind of the same thing in San Antonio. Like, LeBron's the guy every night. You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, I don't know. With LeBron, with LeBron conserving his energy, there'll be nights where he has no problem just getting 15 assists, not really trying to score much, just letting everyone else score. He just passes the whole time, just chills. 
Yeah, but the key word is he's fine with letting that happen. Like, I mean, that's fine. Know, like, I mean, I don't know, man. I guess. Like, he, I'm saying, but you know that he's the best. That's what I'm saying. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know if Kawhi would be okay with that. I mean, I don't think there's been anything that he's done for me to not think he would be okay with that because the whole issue with him, similar to Kyrie in Boston, was just the whole medical staff not trusting them, them rushing him to come back too early. Then he came back, got re-injured, which only confirmed his suspicions about the medical staff. And then just, you know, basically just said, you know, F y'all, like, I don't care about what y'all have to say. I'm going to come back when I want. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like, it's like a, I, it's tough, like, because, like, nobody knows, like, he's not talking to anyone. Like, there's not even any sources, really, for, like, that, like, are credible. Right. Like, you know, with LeBron, at least, like, you've got, like, Windhorse and, like, uh, the Haynes dude, like, they kind of got, like, at least, like, a some sort of inkling of what he's thinking, like, with LeBron, but, like, you have no idea. There's no insider. There's no Kawhi insider, so, like, you're just kind of, like, speculation right now, and it's crazy. Yeah, I think. And this, in this day and age, like, everybody's got an insider, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, guys, they got us leaks up too, but Kawhi doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I do think that based on the context clues of how Kawhi has moved, we can make some assumptions on how he's feeling, or at least maybe not how he's feeling or, but how the people, his posse, you know, I think his uncle is kind of like his main like manager sort of guy. Um, just like his, like his, you know, his crew around him who, you know, helps him with his business decisions. And one thing, and I guess rightly so is that you know, he just doesn't feel like he gets the credit he deserves. Like, he's not as popular as he should be compared to, you know, how good he is, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, given, you know, he is a sneaker free agent or is about to be a sneaker free agent and turned down Jordan's, was it like four-year, $20 million endorsement deal offer? Because, I mean, he's a two-time defensive player of the year, you know, one MVP, or not one MVP, but top three in MVP a couple years in a row. So, I mean, like, yeah. most guys are going to get a lot more than that. And he didn't. And he feels like he deserves more. So, one thing that's going to help San Antonio is he doesn't have that big endorsement money. So, that max deal that San Antonio can give him that no one else can give him is going to mean a lot more. That's actually a good point. I hadn't thought about that, really, as far as, like, them being able to offer him more money. It's so like what he's missing out in uh, the shoe endorsement. That doesn't make sense. But I, I just... I don't know. I have a. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think it's kind of interesting. Like when you see guys that have like their family members are super invested and kind of like help them make decisions when they're professional athletes. It seems like there's always this kind of thing going on. You know what I'm saying? Like Derek Rose had this go on with the Bulls and like Reggie and like you know what I'm saying they weren't pleased with the Bulls and all that stuff. Like it seems like it's happened a lot of times, especially in basketball. Like when the family is involved, like it just seems like it makes things super muddy. Cause yeah. Have one thing like where and it doesn't even seem like necessarily the players feel this way because I didn't think like. Derek Rose and so he didn't want to be on the Bulls or like Kawhi doesn't want to be on the Spurs. It was like the guys around them were kind of like whispering in their ear, like, "Hey, bro, you you better than that." Like they're disrespecting you type thing. And then like you see them leave and then it doesn't go as planned. You know what I'm saying? So right. No, I mean, yeah, that's very true. Um, and I don't know if his beef on that end, in terms of his marketability, is directly related to the Spurs. I mean, it could be just because you know San Antonio is a small market, obviously. But I mean, it's not like he's out here helping himself. You know, he didn't even like he didn't even tweet like. He didn't have any social media presence. He's had like two commercials max. They're kind of weird, dude. They're like, I don't know. Like they're not like. I feel like his marketing, the, the Jordan marketing, actually really sucks. Yeah, uh, I agree. And like the way like the, his commercials, and it doesn't even have like a Mountain Dew commercial or something too. Uh, maybe I haven't seen it. I've only seen a couple of shoe commercials. Yeah, and like they're just weird. Like they're not like they're not commercials that would make me want to go out and buy his shoes. Like they're not kind of a commercial where like. I'm going to go home and watch that on again on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I saw that, I was like, this is stupid. Like, I'm going to watch that again. Like, right, yeah. And I kind of feel the same way about Westbrook. I don't think he has the best commercials either. Yeah, outside of that, the dancing commercial was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, like, though, now I do what I want. Don't, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was tough. But, like, I didn't want to, like, didn't make me want to buy shoes. Just, like, ha, ah, he's, like, making fun of Kevin Durant. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't, like. Right, it yeah. Just, it just, I don't know. Like, and they, like, most of them are just weird. Like, the Mountain Dew commercials that Westbrook does, like, with, like, the, it was just strange. Like, I don't know, man. You got to get with Nike, I guess. Nike and Under Armour seem like they have the best commercials. Like Adidas is cool, too. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, they're kind of cool. Yeah. I feel like they don't market hard in the way that they should, to be honest. Well, he doesn't deserve to even market it. That's a whole different. <laughs> man. For sure, though. No, nah, but um, so, yeah, so LeBron goes somewhere. So how are we feeling about, like, Paul George, for example? be honest, I mean, you know how I feel. I don't like Paul George at all. Well, that does mean, like, in terms of where do you think he's going to go? Yeah, I think he's going to end up in L.A., and it's going to be the biggest mistake 
of the Lakers' career live. Mike Magic Johnson's gonna ruin. This is gonna make or break his tenure as GM. And I think it's a terrible choice. I don't think that he's that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm starting to. LA, I'm starting to feel the same way. LA fans are like, oh man, he's gonna be the savior, and he's just not. Like, he's a he's a great player. Like, don't get me wrong, he's a cool dude. Like, probably all NBA, like third team or something, second team maybe. But like, he's just not that guy. Like, he's not gonna on a night-to-night basis, put a good team on his back and carry them anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I do think if you're the Lakers, if you can get Paul George in free agency and, and essentially give up none of your players, then you have to do it just because if you yeah. get Paul George, that's going to lure someone better than Paul George to come. Right, and I think the the interesting thing, though, with that team is if, if they can get him in free agency like this, the cool thing could be, like, the lineups they could kind of play with him, saying like you could have Paul George and Ingram playing at the same time. Yeah, that'd be a very cool lineup. Especially if it doesn't stunt his growth, like you know what I'm saying, like right. And I don't think Paul George is the kind of player that needs the ball, so I think you can kind of run the offense. I mean, obviously Lonzo's the point guard, but like at times when he's off the court, like letting Ingram be the point guard on the court could be really fun to watch with him and Paul George. Yeah, we'll see if Luke Walton's actually a good coach if they get Paul George, because yeah, because you can get real creative with that lineup. I think that he's shown enough. To me, at least, I think that he's a, a, a solid coach. I'm not gonna say a good coach, but he's good enough that he can like he can go to the playoffs with him for sure. Is he better or worse than Steve Kerr? I'm gonna say he's better than Steve Kerr. I think he makes better in-game adjustments. I think that he's still working on like the late-game situations, but some of that isn't really on him. It's like the players that he had like just aren't, you know, what I'm saying suited for late-game like execution yet because they're young. But I think he's made better adjustments with that team because that team was really they looked really great. Like for there's like a time where like you thought they might get into that eighth seed picture. You know what I'm saying? Like they were really clicking. Like they kind of figured it out. Yeah, they were. They yeah, were they were. They 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 were better than or at least as good as for once what people thought they would be. You know, for the last like three years, like our fans were like, oh, been competing for that eighth seed. Yeah, before Lonzo got hurt, like for the last time, like that team looked good. Even though Lonzo wasn't scoring, like they looked really good together. Like, they were like Randall had kind of. And you was this year four, kind of realizing, like, made the turn, like, made the made things started clicking for him. Everybody just looked really good. So I think he's definitely, maybe it's just player progression, but it seems like he kind of coached them up and you know, made them a pretty solid team. So yeah, speaking of Lonzo, I know you saw that music video. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was tough. Bro. That joke went hard. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big baller kind of like supporter. I mean, I don't buy their gears. So I'm not technically a supporter, but like, <laughs> I support from a distance. And I'll give them a retweet and stuff. Like, I like what they're about. And that was that was tough for like that that was that might be a hit. I mean, granted, they got he can't let Jello get on the track again. Not not a fan of Jello rapping. Yeah, Jello was like he's just so weird, like <laughs> stiff. He's just real stiff and awkward. Like like his his rap wasn't that bad, but like it was just but the presentation was weird. Yeah, and then oh, I'm not even gonna lie, bro. Lamelo ugly as hell. <laughs> yeah, bro. It was like his chin is so weird. <laughs> I always like whenever they have those like videos of him like playing at that rec or whatever like with the do rag on his chin just stands out to me. I don't know why. Bro. Yeah, because he's like so skinny, but has a fat person's chin. Yeah, bro, freaks me out, man. He should he should have never cut his hair. He messed up. Yeah, he has blonde waves. Yeah, that's, that's unacceptable. <laughs> are you gonna watch? Are you gonna watch the JBA? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've, look, I was tuning in on Facebook to watch them play in Lithuania. Yeah, I was too. Like, I was those like. People were really going on that league, and I didn't think the league was as bad as people were saying. I mean, like, yeah, it was like a low-tier college. I think you could say it's like low low D1, like D2 yeah. level. Like the, the real games, not the scrimmages. Yeah, not the scrimmages. The scrimmages were, just, were like... It was like it was, a little bit better than high school. Yeah, that that was like just for show, literally. Just like here, so you can score a lot of points. Is is Jello gonna get on the team? Will he be on a roster? I, he's definitely gonna get a training camp invite. Yeah, I think he's gonna get a chance. I don't think Jello is as bad as people think he is. Dude, I don't like, think I, he's. I watched, I watched all those games and like he can shoot a bit and like he just gotta figure out. He's he can get really shoot. Touch. He's gotta get some more touch inside, but he's good player, man. He can. He he can really shoot. His problem is defensively. I don't know who he guards because he's yeah. kind of too slow for like guys his size, but too little to guard like bigger guys. He's got that IQ. I feel like he could be like a. He's got to turn. He's got to turn his body into PJ Tucker. Yeah, he's got to be like a PJ Tucker, Draymond type guy as far as like what they can just be like all over the place. Like he's got to get physically better, like lateral movements and stuff. But I think he can have a place in this league. Yeah, I mean that his thing. I just don't know if he's got that. You know, like PJ Tucker, for example. Like he he can he's got it out the mud. Like he 
know what I'm saying? He came from a he's he's rough he's a rough, tough, you know, physical guy. I don't know if I don't know if well, Leangelo's got or not Leangelo, yeah, Leangelo. I don't know if he's got that in him. I'm excited to see him in summer league though. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, he'll be on a summer league team. Yeah, like just to see him like kind of like against his because we never got to see him in college, so we don't really know what he can do, like what he what kind of player he really is. Because over there, I think he was being a little timid because like you don't know those dudes, like you don't know any Polish people, you're trying to like ruffle any feathers, but like right. kind of being back in America, getting a chance to compete against Americans, like it'll be interesting to see who he really is. But I thought like even watching his high school, like people were like, oh, Jello's trash. It's all about Lamelo and and uh, Alonzo. I thought he was pretty good, like, and I think he showed that over there in Lithuania. So if you're the Bulls, who do you draft number one? Like with the number one pick? Yeah. Or like well, I guess both. If you had the number one pick, who you who you take or and it, what are the Bulls picking? Seventh, eighth, seventh, yeah, seventh. Who would you? So who do you want the Bulls to take if they could pick anyone? And then who? I guess realistically, do you think you would like given their their situation? I think Bamba for both, to be honest. I mean, I know, I don't, I don't know, like, I guess he's kind of going up draft boards now, but, like, when the when it was first, like, kind of announced, like, it seemed like Bamba might be able to be the guy you get at seven. And I think at number one, I want Bamba, too. Bamba is, I don't know, he just seems like he's the guy that could end up being, like, a, I mean, not, like, Giannis as far as, like, offensive, like, his the things he can do, but I think he could just do, he'll be able to do so many things. Just, he can change a around. I think he's going to be a great defender. We already know he can be a great defender. And I think the offensive game can get a lot better where he can score like 17 to 2 points a night, and that's good enough. So like, I think his jumper is better than this already. He can just get a better handle. He can be a really, like, crazy, like those such freak athletes with like massive hands and like feet, feet like wingspans. Like, he can be one of those type of that like changes the league. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, he's he's also like super smart, so that's that's going to help him. That's why I like Jalen Brown a lot. So, so you would take Mobama first no matter what. Absolutely. I think he's like when you look at what he can be, like he's just it just makes sense to me at least. Like I think that he can be a, a Giannis type game changer dude where he's doing it on both ends and he's just so freakishly athletic that you, you I mean what how can you really stop him? Like and he has a jump shot already, so like it it's kinda even different than Giannis because Giannis can't shoot right now, but like he can kinda hit some mid ranges and he's hit I think he's hit a couple threes too. Like he can he has like a little bit of that in his game. So if he can get better handles and just kind of figure out his body because he's still growing into it like he's only 19 like if he just figures that stuff out i think bomba can be this exceptional guy that really can change a franchise around so i would take a number one regardless i don't think deandre ayton is he's he's kind of like an old time like and if this was like 15 years ago he'd be number one because like the way they played back then but i don't think his game is really uh it's kind of one-dimensional like i don't think he can really do a ton as far as being you know playing different positions guarding different positions that type of thing like he's he is what he is like he's a dwight howard ish type player yeah his, his defense did scare me like for him to be as big and athletic as he is to not play the good defense like whether it be on pick and rolls or low post or whatever like people are giving him a big pass for not even showing up for the ncaa tournament and that's that's a big thing like that. The way Buffalo played is kind of how the NBA is going. Like they shoot threes, they spread the floor, and he was he looked he lost. Had no, he had yeah, he had no purpose. Like he was, they took him out of the game. Like he really, he was just fouling guys. He was just standing around. He just looked like he shouldn't have been in, a, in that game. You know what I'm saying? So like that's gonna be him every. I mean, not every night, but like that'll be him a lot of nights if they can't figure out a way to make him adjust and be, you know, two three dimensional where he can do other things. Like right now, he's just stuck in that one thing. Yeah, I'm. I I thought that he was by far the best player, and now I'm kind of out on him. I do think Mobamba is better than him. I don't know if I take Mobamba number one, but he's definitely better than him. And I also think the sneaky top ten pick, who I think actually would be really good on the Bulls, is uh, Jaron Jackson, the Michigan State guy. Yeah, people were really high on Jaron Jackson, but I feel like he's kind of fallen down a bit. Like I remember people were saying he could be like top five, and now it seems like he's more like maybe nine. Or That's seven. what I'm saying. It'd be a good at seven or eight, or wherever you guys are at. That'd be a good pick because I don't think Mobamba's gonna leave the top five now. Yeah, I don't either. I, I was hoping that the Bulls might try to trade up or something, but I don't think we don't really have any assets anymore. And I don't know. I, don't, I, just, I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna make any moves for real. But you know who I wouldn't mind them getting, and I know this is a stretch, is that point guard from Alabama. And we kind of talked about this before. Yeah, think, Colin Sexton. Yeah, but Colin Sexton like is a dog, man. Like I feel like he's only six foot, which is concerning. But like he just has that like that demeanor in him, bro. Like he's just like he, you watch him and you just want to believe him. Like I didn't like him to be honest the first three quarters of the season. I saw him late in the year, and I saw him in person in the SEC tournament. 
Yeah, he was willing like, them to win. That's what I'm saying. Like, he literally put like uh, like a backpack. Like you know, Drew Locke does that little secure the bag. Like he literally was putting them on his back, <laughs> just carrying them. Like, yeah, he was. He, he's not afraid to go out and get a bucket, like or go out and put up shots. Like he's not always gonna make them, but he's definitely gonna take them. And I can live with that sometimes. Like sometimes you can live with that. At that seven like range, you're not really like you're right. not really getting a franchise changing guy. So like again, like him, like he could the competitive spirit. He could be infectious and really turn things around there. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. However, your sleep on Donkic. I, your I'm sleep. Not I'm not a fan. Your sleep. Bro. What is he? What is what's? Make your pitch, bro. Because I when I watch him, I've only seen highlights. I don't. I've never watched a full game, so I will. I will go off and say that right away. But when I look at him, like he's not doing anything like super special. Like he's like doing like average crossovers. Like, but see, like, but the fun. thing is, the thing is, and that's what, and the number one thing is why people are sleeping on him is because one. We're like, for example, we're looking at Sexton, Mamba, whatever, all these college guys. Like, you're looking at Sexton play other D1 athletes and saying, like, he's doing this and doing that. Donkic is playing better competition than any of these college guys and at a younger age, if not over the same age. I mean, he was playing these in the same league last year before, like, when all these guys were high school seniors. He was in the same league. He's been professional since he was 16, and he's dominating the league. He's, it's the best, it's the second best league in the world, and it's like by a lot. Like he's going up against you know, NBA like former NBA players who aren't like washed, who are like in their late twenties, early thirties, who are just like probably make more money in you know in Spain or whatever versus being the eighth or ninth guy in the NBA, and he's out here you know, dom like dominating for one two, I just like his versatility in terms of he's six eight, and is and is the main ball handler on his team, and I saw like a YouTube kind of version of a game. So not like the full game, but can they kind of like fast forward through stuff? Like those like soccer, like yeah. highlight type things. Yeah. yeah. So essentially it was like, like a super extended highlights. And so one team basically like started trapping him on every pick and roll, basically making him a non ball handler. So the, 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 so the team was just like, all right, bet like our backup, like whoever the secondary ball handler is like, you're going to be the ball handler. Now Luca, you're just going to spot up. And he was just knocking down threes. Like, like the vers the versatility being like he's he's a big guy, he's six eight. So I mean, I just think that how the league is going, like with with all these wings, like you just, you need a wing who can do all that. When I hear Young Phenom, like I just can't help but like think about Ricky Rubio, and I love you know I'm a Ricky Rubio fan, but like he just wasn't. He was. Well, I mean, he got drafted in a, on a bad team. He got injured early. There are definitely some factors in that, but I just I, I just start to think about that and I get worried. I get like I mean I, I feel you, that, but then but, that's, to, but that he, stigma that stigma is starting to fade away though. Yeah, like, but but say. look at look at I mean because they play in the in the same league, and look at Rubio's numbers versus Donkic's numbers, and Donkic Donkic is doing Donkic is getting like a triple double in that league, and that's like unheard of in European basketball. That's true. Like I I I am willing to keep an open mind, but I'm just saying I don't want my team to take him. But like I, if another team takes me, he's good. I'll like I'll tip my cap and say, hey, you got one. But I personally like wouldn't want the Bulls. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough draft to take him in the sense that there's so many, like that you feel are like kind of surefire American guys. That if this is the draft you take Donkic and he ends up being a bust, and so many other guys around him end up being good, it's just gonna make it so much worse. And it just feels like they're due for one. Like there's been like a lot of Europeans lately that have been really good. So like they might be due for one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just a trend that Europeans are just getting better. Yeah, that's true too. So, but I just, I don't know, man. And then there's like the factor, like he said, he's not sure he wants to come over here. Like it seems. No, like it actually got confirmed that. today. We're recording this on Monday. It got confirmed today that he's going to be in the draft. Okay, for sure. He, he got confirmed. Yeah, I know it, it was up in the air for a while, but I think I think the deadline was approaching pretty soon because the draft is low key in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I, just, I've, I haven't really been like it's just sneaking up on me. I haven't been thinking about it. You know, yeah. Have you seen those? Uh, reports about michael porter though being a trump supporter <laughs> <laughs> damn crazy. i you know i forgot all about him i forgot he's even in this draft that's crazy like that's if you would have said that like this time last year like that's people would have <laughs> smacked you in the face i mean yeah he was the number one pick a year ago before the college season started yeah like for sure like him and well the donkage was still kind of there, like one or two but yeah he was definitely top two like, for like sure. that's crazy wow. that the bulls could get michael porter at seven and no I one would really be surprised i saw a mock draft that had him going to the Wizards. It was on ESPN. What? Had him going to the Wizards at 15. <laughs> That's not like people are really saying he's sliding down because he won't give anyone his, his health records. Like they're saying, like, what is he hiding? Like he, but he's trying to. From what I've heard, 
through my sources. They say he's trying to force his way to Chicago. Like he's been training there. He only gave them his uh, health records as far as like all that goes. The Bulls are gonna release it like for the other teams, but like he would only send it to them specifically. Like it's it's very interesting. Like I'm not why I, Chicago. I that's so random. Because that's where he's. You know, like I guess he has some kind of connection, maybe maybe because not far from Columbia. I'm not sure what the real reason is, but they say he's trying to force his way to Chicago. Everything he's been doing is trying to get to Chicago, get to Chicago, get to Chicago. So we'll see, man. I don't know. Like I, I don't like. He's I the biggest be boomer bust in this draft. Oh, for sure. Like I wouldn't be mad if the Bulls got him, but like you get, you'd be worried. Yeah. You, I mean, you have to be worried. I mean, you ha- we haven't seen him play in a year. Right. Like I don't really count those last two games. Yeah, like, me neither. I mean, they were what they were, but, like, I just, I mean, we've been covering him, like, since, what, his Tolton days when we used to film his games, like, and I just, I'm not sure, like, that he's really that guy. Like, I've seen his AAU games, and I wasn't super, like, he was good, but he wasn't great. And, like, those Tolton games, he was great, but, like, then look at his competition, he's playing, like. I mean, he was great at Nathan Hale or whatever in Washington. But he was. he's playing similar kind of players, though. Like, if you look at the games that he played on nightly, like, not the Oak Hills, like, but, like, like the, the games he played on a nightly basis, those kids weren't that great. Like, they would have, like, one guy. That was really good, like one maybe D one point guard, but they aren't guard Michael Porter. I mean, yeah, there's no other six ten guys out there. I'm saying like the guys, they weren't at his position a lot of times. So, like he was just going against like six one, like you know, Jake Curran. You know, what I'm saying no offense to Jake, but like, <laughs> he's just he's going against guys that are outmatched so much. And so I'm, I mean, when he was going against AAU teams, like he wasn't always necessarily the, the stand away like great player. You know, what I'm saying and that's like, I'm a little concerned about that, especially when you bring in the, the the development part. Like these guys have had one year of another level of basketball that he never had. It's like, you kind of wonder, will he be behind in that regard as well? Like, can he make that up? You know what I'm saying? Like, can he get that toughness and stuff like that it's going to take to be at the NBA level from high school, basically? I guess it's interesting. So Yeah, I mean, I know if he's working out with his family, I know he's not in shape looking at Jonte. <laughs> hey, chill on Jonte, bro. He said he's, he's hefty, bro. He's hefty. He's cuddling. How the hell do you go to the combine and show up fat? I, I have no idea, man. I, like, I just maybe it's just his body type, man. I don't know. I he's always been kind of thick, like you know what I'm saying, like no, no homo. He's been <laughs> like he's a he's has a fuller figure guy, so maybe that's just his body type. I don't know. Maybe I mean that's I mean that's fine, but it's like why why would you even why would you even declare for the draft if you're just gonna show up fat and you know if you show up fat they're not gonna rate you high. So like what's even the point? I don't know, man. It's, I heard he was still gonna be a first round pick if he would have gone. Like they said that he just went into it saying I'm not gonna leave. But, like, I heard he would have been a first-round pick if he would have left. True. I mean, I'm sure he would have been, like, a late first-round pick. But I'm saying if he, like, if he showed up in phenomenal shape, he might have been a lottery pick. I think he wanted to come back regardless. I think his parents want him to come back. Like, I mean, I told you, like, his maturity-wise, like, they like they have said, you know, there's people have said this. That he They just felt like he didn't, they didn't raise him the right way as far as, like, being independent. Like, they're good parents, but just as far as, like, him being an independent person. Like, you look at the way Michael Porter is and, like, the way he is and just, like, they feel like maybe he, they sheltered him a little bit too much. Yeah. That's kind of been like a... He is, he is young for his grade, back. too, isn't he? Exactly. Like, he's a year younger. He should be a freshman this year. So, like, he's definitely a little bit different. Like, you see Michael's more of, like, a... He's capable of being independent on his own. Like, you think about Jante moved... Not that this is a bad thing, necessarily, but, like, he moved back home, like, you know, instead of staying in the dorms. But things like that is just, like, you, is he ready to go... You know, if he couldn't live in the dorms in college and his parents live in Columbia... Like, you think he's going to be able to live in, you know, D.C. or San Antonio or something like that, and right. his parents aren't there, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I think it was just, they went into it saying, this would be a good opportunity for you to get exposure. But, like, the goal was always to come back for him. Yeah, that's true. So, I'm going to leave on this final topic here. Um, again, we're recording this on Monday. It is June 11th, and my producer has told me that it is the anniversary of Michael Jordan's flu game. However, many are saying that it is actually, like, he was just hungover. <laughs> many, many people are coming out and just saying he was hungover. And if you listen, or not even listen, but just know of Michael Jordan's, I guess, uh, transgressions in between games. Like I, forget, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. Shout out to Bill Simmons. Um, he was one of Jordan's teammates was saying, or he was saying, that if you go look at the '93 Finals where the Bulls played the Suns. That there's one game that Jordan is like super super dark compared to how dark he normally is, and that's because he was playing golf like all day the game the day before, and it was like sunburn. <laughs> like that's this is like like a pretty like like this was like a Chicago Bulls player saying this. 
or or maybe it was Charles Barkley, one or the other. It was like someone in the series. Like everyone knew, like this man's like out here sunburnt because he was just playing like thirty six like, holes of golf. I mean, like that, but that just shows his greatness. Like he literally just like could do whatever he wanted, and it still came out and dominated every night. And I, I don't want to get into LeBron, like Michael Jordan. Like, about to say, like, that just that's the kind of craziness. Like, cause like LeBron is sitting in his tank all day. Like he's not doing anything else. Not playing video games. Not tweeting. Like he's like in his little cocoon, uh, life preserving tank, like, <laughs> hyperbolic chamber. Yeah, like he's not doing anything else. And like you got Le- like Jordan going out here at a finals game. Like, hey, let me go play some golf. I'm about to go to the arcade, smoke a couple cigars, and I'm about to go play 45 minutes for the Bulls too. You were being very nice to Michael Jordan. He was out there gambling his life away. Hey, but when you got it, you got it. Bro. I mean, like, that's, look, yeah, when you got it, you do got it. That's true. But it is crazy to think about that Jordan was like. He was really out here living his best life and dominating. That's what I'm saying. Like he was like, you know about you've heard about the women that he was with. He's like making women get abortions. Like he's literally just like doing whatever he wanted. Like he was like just look, carefree living. Like he's like, hey, handle this. No, you're not having that baby. Like, <laughs> like, you would think like a guy like him, like knowing like how popular he was, how many women that he was with, and he has no kids out of wedlock. Like that's crazy, bro. Like you know some crazy stuff was going on. That's true. I mean that's true. All that's true in terms of him. So, so on the record, you're buying it that he was hungover. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, either either way, he balled out. You know what I'm saying? Like, either way, it was a great game. Like, whether he was sober, hungover, sick, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Either way, the game was phenomenal. He had, what, like 40 points? 30 it was like points? 38, yeah. But, I mean, either way, like, that's a great game. It's, like, it's not like if he wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he wasn't sick, it would have been, like, a less important game. Like, it was still, he balled the hell out. So, like, it's no, like, there's no slight to him either way. So, I, I, I would be more than more than willing to say that, yeah, he probably he probably was on over. True. Yeah. And then, uh, I was listening to Charles Oakley, actually, on Bill Simmons. I'm getting on Bill Simmons, a lot of pub here. Uh, on Bill Simmons' podcast, he was saying that when they hung out, like, they would sleep, like, on average, like, three hours a night. Well, we can tell from uh, Charles, o- Charles Oakley's game, but <laughs> I guess that's, that's the difference, I guess, between uh, being great and being good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, damn. All right, bro. I appreciate you coming on. I know you uh, grinding the midnight oil out in the Washington Post, trying to get it. About to get on that front page soon. Fingers crossed, man. Hey, uh, subscribe to the Washington Post. Keep real journalism alive. <laughs> this Missouri J school ass. <laughs> I'm trying to get on I'm trying to get to that, that boxing fight with you so that you can put me in the in the byline as well. I'm trying to make a contribution. You, I'll let you be my uh my intern photographer. I get some pics. That's real. No, I'm gonna get some I'm gonna get some inside information, bro. I'm gonna get some some uh some nice quotes. I need some we need some good boxer info. You gotta put the Vaseline on I'll get some selfies doing that and put it on the gram. Facts. I'm gonna do something. I need to get I need to get some Washington Post credit. I'm trying to start my writing career. <laughs> Start covering high school sports, man. They always need freelancers. It's a big area. That's real. I need a, if this, you know, if this producing thing never works, I need something to fall back on. The coldest, man. We got so many options, bro. How, how's the show going, man? Give us an update. The fans need that. The show has been going very well, actually. Very well for a, you know, was it now the second week, the first day of the second week? Um, like even on Twitter, like if you just search the name High Noon, um, you know, comes on ESPN, twelve o'clock. Um. It's been, like, mostly good, which is, like, really surprising, you know, just given how Twitter is, you know. Um, and not even, like, you know, not my followers, but just if you just search it and just look at all the latest tweets, like, from, you know, people from, you know, all all walks of life have been saying, for the most part, good things. And then the people who've been saying bad things, like, it's just kind of like an anti-ESPN sort of thing. Like, no one's really saying, like, this show sucks because blank, blank, blank. They're just like, this show sucks, ESPN sucks, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, in terms of, like, people actually giving, like, real criticisms, like, everyone was down on the music. But even the fact that people were down on the music, that was, like, the only thing. Like, this show is good, but the music, blah, blah, blah. But we fixed that. So it's been good. You know, I got these new hours. I get off at, like, 2.30, you know. What's it, what's it like working with, you know, two of the brightest stars at ESPN, you know, Pablo and Bobani? Yeah, they're super cool, actually. Um they're they're real they're real cool. Um you know, I got to go up to New York um and hang out with them for a couple of days just to you know, they just, you know, know who I am, know who I'm who who they're working with, who's, you know, providing all this great content for them. Uh, you know, who's who's getting these tweets off. 
you know, all yeah, that you run good the, stuff. You running the account? Yes, sir. Hey, give me the follow, bro. Getting these tweets off. Oh, I gotta see. Right now, we only we're only following three people, and it's Bomani uh, Pablo and highly questionable. Fair enough, fair enough. So you know, once once I once those you know we only got ten thousand followers right now, so we got to get up to like fifty. You know what I mean? Before we can start, you know, getting our following up to you know like a hundred, two hundred. Like right, we gotta get we gotta be a little bougie right now. You know, sure. keep the following very low. You know, get our you know so we seem important. Right now, I'm in the, the process of getting the. The show uh, verified, and I'm gonna see if you know I can sneak my account in there as well, trying to get verified. I, you can, how do you even do it now? Because like you can't just apply anymore. You have to like go through like someone crazy. Yeah, I don't know. There's like an ESPN rep who like on behalf yeah. of ESPN gets like ESPN accounts verified. So I've been emailing them in terms of the show. So then once they do that, I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, by the way, I got my own Twitter, you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> so you know, I'm gonna see how that goes. Yeah, uh, they told me like they told me I can get verified here at the Washington Post, but I just haven't like. Yeah, you got you, bro. You gotta get on that, bro. You call gonna go up five thousand, bro. I don't know. Hey, I got that Woody uh Woody Page follow, man. Man, no, nobody care about the Woody Page follow. You get you <laughs> sliding on DMs with that blue check mark is a wrap, bro. They got all all the IG honey is gonna assume you have money. Wow, say less, bro. Hey, but you know what? One thing is like the best part about working at Washington Post is like I don't know if you like have this at ESPN, but like, bro, everyone is so talented here, and it just like. Makes you want to like. Yeah, well, yeah, it makes you and make yeah, it makes you want to keep up, or you're about to yeah. get left behind. You, you feel out of place almost. Like I think I'm good, but like I got here and I'm like I could get so much better. Like it's, it's yeah, dope to be like just like surrounded by. Are girls. you like one of the younger people there? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. See, young. that's why. But there's like, but then there's like people like in other not in sports, but like other sections like they're young and they're like they're running stuff. Like it's crazy, bro. Like cause I I don't think I, I don't know if I told you this or not, but like the Washington Post is more than just a newspaper. It's like. They have like Snapchat, like they have like everything here. It's like half tech company, half newspaper. Like it's crazy. Right. Ever since that Jeff dude, Jeff Bezos bought yeah. Washington Post, like it's crazy the changes they've made, bro. Like it's unbelievable. Well, yeah, you gotta be you gotta be forward thinking, you know. As Amazon. Thanks, man. We're up, we're up next, man. The Washington Post is coming for you. Chill, bro. We just we're <laughs> just gonna collab. Chill. You know, I don't gotta be like that. Chill. <laughs> hey, keep be on the lookout, bro. About to be a uh, the high quality studio. In the uh, Washington Post, man. That's right. Just wait on it. It's coming. It's coming. Your listeners get that high quality HD Tremel Rags voice in their ear. <laughs> Good. As long as they're not getting that HD camera, they'll be all right. <laughs> oh man. Damn. Hey, but yeah, for, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, always you'll a, we'll, we'll be back. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah, depending on how this boxing match goes, maybe you know we'll we'll talk about that next time. We'll, we'll see how this boxing match goes. I need to go and see what it's all about. Do do a live podcast. Yeah, the, facts. Yeah, get some get some live mats. <laughs> get some mat sound. <laughs> Have, you know, somebody hitting the canvas. Yeah, that's what we need. That'd be that'd be lit. We have to have to seriously consider this. But yeah, for sure, bro. Uh, anytime. Always a pleasure. Yeah, for sure. All right, bro. All right, man.